Hey guys, I'm Rick. And I'm Dean. And welcome to a very special Christmas edition of Rated. Very special. Uh, happy holidays, Merry Christmas, Happy Hanukkah, um, whatever you guys celebrate. Uh, we're here to celebrate with you and kind of break down some of our favorite holiday movies, traditions, and songs. Uh, because we're, we're going to give you everything that you need uh, to know before pressing play on anything. Whether that's a CD, a radio station, a movie, anything. So, um, yeah, me and Rick have a, have a very special show for you guys uh, this week. Rick, great time of year. Um, are, are you excited for the holidays, or, or are you a total Grinch this time of year? You know what? I got to say, normally I'm a total Grinch. Oh, yeah? <laughs> yeah, growing up, I was just the happy ha- happiest guy. Uh, in recent years, I've been a Grinch. But I got to tell you, this podcast has kind of rejuvenated my uh, love for Christmas. Seriously, I've kind of been watching more Christmas movies, listening to more Christmas songs, because with Christmas time comes Christmas entertainment. And I got to tell you, I, I've got, I, I'm, I'm the Grinch at the end of the movie right now. My heart has grown three sizes this day. <laughs> oh, absolutely. And um, this is probably my favorite week of podcast prep that I've ever had because of, like you were saying, um, watching some feel good Christmas movies. Uh, it, it's always good to get yourself into the holiday spirit. I, I'm feeling a little bit grinched out, mainly because uh, work's been extra long, and of course, there's a ton going on in the personal life. But of course, you know, I never have too much time for the listeners and getting you guys that quality audio that you guys need. So maybe you're listening to this on the way to Grandma's house. But uh, here we go. We're going to be talking about some of uh, the best movies. Uh, we have a lot of spurious, um, hotly contested things that we're going to be going over, which is going to be pretty cool. So, so Rick, what, what's in store for us today? Well, we're going to get right into it with our top three Christmas movies because you're going to be spending a lot of time with your family. And one of the favorite things to do with the fam for me personally, and I think for a lot of families, is throw a nice Christmas movie on and Mm -hmm. watch, enjoy, cuddle up under the covers, get some nice hot cocoa Mm -hmm. and, and, and have a good time. So I'll start off. I'll give you my personal favorite Christmas movie, and that is. National Lampoon's Christmas Vacation, and for okay. me personally, not even close. I love it. All right, you know, I, I would love to react, and it, like we we were talking off the top, uh, saying you know who's a Grinch and who's not a Grinch, but I I may be taking. <laughs> I, we said it last episode that I might be the heel of the podcast, but I, I definitely think that's going to be coming to light a little bit more. I don't really watch a lot of Christmas movies, Rick. Um, I you know I have a couple classics. My top three are probably like the only three that I ever end up watching. But um, I'm not going to lie to you. I don't think I've ever seen this movie in whole. I've definitely seen some parts, but um, you, you know what. What do you like about it? Can you give me a quick little rundown about it? I know it's a, a Chevy Chase, uh, right? Yes, it's a Chevy Chase movie. It is absolutely a comedy. Um, I think one of my favorite parts in the movie is that Chevy Chase in this movie reminds me so much of my dad. And there are so <laughs> many things that happen in this movie at their family get-together that are things that either have or or have kind of have happened in my family gatherings. So it's for me personally, while this movie is outlandish, it, it is actually related to my, to my life. Some of the older people, the, the um, Chevy Chase, his parents and his par- uh, mother and father-in-law are similar to my grandparents. I, <laughs> some of the things that happen, whether it be things that go wrong, because I'll tell you as much as my mom and dad try to get things right and all go smoothly for the holidays, they always freaking go wrong somehow. <laughs> so 
it's something that, you know, when they happen and go wrong in our own personal lives, we do kind of shrug it off because, oh, that happened to Clark Griswold in a national Anthem's Christmas vacation. So we kind of, we kind of shrug it off, you know, things will happen where we decorate the house and half the lights just don't work. They work the previous year. You pull them out of the garage, the bulbs don't work. And you're, you know, like, and so many times when it comes to Christmas, we relate to this movie. It's so funny. Um, it's a must watch every year. That's awesome. Uh, I'll definitely have to check that out. If uh, the main character is li- like your father, Big Rich is a great guy. Um, Rick, I'm going to go with you with my favorite Christmas movie. And um, I don't know how well received this is, but my favorite Christmas movie ever is Jingle All the Way, starring Arnold Schwarzenegger. At some point, people realize that Arnold Schwarzenegger is fantastic in comedies. Um, Jingle All the Way is my favorite Christmas movie just because you know it has such a good feel-good plot. It, it almost reminds me of Liar Liar in a little bit in the sense where it's like a you know, deadbeat dad trying to make right with his with his kid. And, um, yeah, just hilarious. Arnold Schwarzenegger is a real gem in that, especially flying around at the end in the Turbo Man costume and just the wacky antics that ensue. But that was always my favorite growing up. Um, and, you know, it's something that if it's on TV, I might stop what I'm doing and, and watch a little bit just to get myself into the Christmas spirit. I am so happy that you mentioned Jingle All the Way as your number one Christmas movie because it is number two on mine. I, <laughs> I swear to God, I watched it yesterday with a couple people who said they have never seen it before. I firmly believe that this is easily the most underrated Christmas movie of all time. Mm-hmm. It, is, it is funny. It is heartwarming. Just the, the characters are just great. Uh, honestly, I... I could watch uh, Arnold Schwarzenegger eat a bowl of cereal at a table for two hours and give it a 10 out of 10. Which I love the guy, but you know, have him run around and fight uh, old people in stores or, you know, get into hijinks with Sinbad and go, I need to get the turbo man doll for Jamie. You know, it's yep. the, the voice everything that goes along with it. It's, it's so fun. Another absolute must, must watch. If you haven't seen it, Please go see it. Yes, it's a little bit ridiculous, but I think that's what makes it so lovable. Um, Dean, I don't even know if you noticed this, um, mm-hmm. but there is also a, an appearance by former WWE wrestler The Big Show in the movie. Yes, yes. So, so that's pretty cool. Uh, rest in peace, Vern <laughs> Troyer. He's in the movie as well. Oh, <laughs> he, yeah. He makes an appearance. Uh, yeah, it's just so fun, guys. If you haven't seen it, jingle all the way. It's got absolute like crap reviews on on like Rotten yeah. Tomatoes and critical reviews. Don't listen to them. We're here to tell you it's good. <laughs> that's why we're doing this. It is so good. <laughs> yeah, I think that's what that's the the benefit of this podcast is that you know you're hearing it from you know we're not some stuffy turtleneck wearing you know like tea drinking being like oh you know it, the cinematography wasn't right you know it's just a good fun heartwarming slapstick at times funny movie uh rick i was actually kind of surprised to see that it got such low remarks i, I believe 15 percent on rotten tomatoes um so that kind of shocked me a little bit my next one is also going to be a little bit off the cuff as well because i don't know if it's uh, the the typical Christmas movie that you would normally see in um you know to get your heart warm you're certainly not going to see this on the Hallmark Hallmark Channel 
But uh, my second favorite movie, Christmas movie of all time is Bad Santa, starring Billy Bob Thornton. Actually, really funny. There are so many um, good parts. Uh, the mom is the mom from Gilmore Girls. Uh, you know, Rick, I, I really should look up the actors and actresses' names, but that's how I kind of equate things. I'm like, oh, I know you from this, so that's what I'm going to call you from now on. But uh, Bad Santa is actually hilarious. Um, it's very vulgar. It's definitely not a family Christmas movie, but there are some parts that uh, I was definitely laughing out loud. Um, Rick, have you ever seen it? Do you have any reactions to that? I don't know if it would necessarily be considered a Christmas movie, but he literally is like a drunken mall Santa kind of thing. It, it is a, a very raunchy comedy. I, well, I love raunchy comedies, so this is like right up my alley. Um, believe it or not, because I am a Christmas movie aficionado, I <laughs> have only seen uh, bits and pieces of this movie. Um, mm. It's one that I've always wanted to see in its entirety, and I haven't. So later on tonight, when I am <laughs> snuggling up with the doggos and I have my own <laughs> cup of hot chocolate, <laughs> I'm probably going to throw on some Bad Santa because I haven't seen it. But the bits and pieces I have seen when it's been on TV, uh, I've always enjoyed. These always made me laugh. Um, so that is that is something that I, I is probably going to be uh, next on my Christmas movie watch list. Oh, definitely. And, and Rick, knowing your personality, I think that you would uh, get a kick out of it because I was laughing uh, during the entire thing. And, and Rick, while I'm talking, I'm just going to kind of hijack this. I'll give you my, my last one. And then I kind of want to hear your your final one as well. Um, I think my third favorite Christmas Christmas movie of all time is Elf, starring Will Ferrell, uh, mainly because I remember going into it. This was at the height of Will Ferrell, where he was, um, you know, Anchorman and then Jackie Moon and Semi-Pro. So he was kind of on top of it, um, leading the raunchy comedy scene, so to speak. And then Elf just kind of takes you by surprise where it Will Ferrell's character is a regular person who thinks he's an elf because he was raised by elves, um, I guess. I, I could have even butchered that because I don't watch it very often. I just know that I love it. And it, it's, it's funny because it's wacky, but it's a different kind of funny. It's not like Bad Santa. It's not like Anchorman or anything else. Mm -hmm. So I remember... Um, I went to the movies actually with a couple of my friends and my father, and um, he was laughing so loud during the whole movie that I couldn't really uh, hear the movie anymore. So um, that's definitely one that we own. Um, it'll be on the TV every once in a while if I'm walking by. Um, my parents are watching it sometimes because it's a. It's definitely more of a family. Uh, everyone in the family loves it, so it's always on the TV in our house. But yeah, very good movie. Very very funny. Yeah, you know. I think this is often in contention for at least the general public's uh, favorite Christmas movie of all time. Mm -hmm. um, I've never heard anyone say a bad thing about the movie. And mm -hmm. you know what? I, 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 I'm not the heel of this podcast and I, <laughs> and I don't want to be, so I'm not going to talk bad about the movie, but the first time I ever viewed elf is I viewed it on uh, a bootleg DVD that I got on a street corner while in New York and yep. the video quality was so, so poor. It was honestly more than watching elf. It was more like just watching Minecraft. That's how like pixelated these faces. Are. <laughs> um, it soured me on the movie so much. Like I, I wanted mm. to like leave. Like I was like this movie, like I can't watch it. Not even because of the movie itself, because of the picture quality, but everyone's like, no, stay, watch. So, you know, I'm a kid and mm -hmm. all my cousins and whatever wanted to watch it. So I stayed. And um, then I remember, like, you go to school and everyone's, of course, with any Will Ferrell movie is quoting their favorite lines. Yeah. And I can't tell you how many kids I would go to school and hear 
people saying, I'm singing and I'm in a store and I'm singing. <laughs> and and, I, and I, I guess because I didn't really get to actually see the movie, it kind of annoyed mm-hmm. me. <laughs> it was like, why? Yeah, yeah. This is not, it's not funny. Like from Will Ferrell, it was probably hilarious. But from like, you know, mm-hmm. Pujan Desai sitting in the front row <laughs> selling gum for, five, for, for a dollar a stick of gum. Yeah, yep. it wasn't it wasn't cool. So I, it's something I've 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 always seen pieces of because it's on TV all mm. the time and it looks so good. I love Will Ferrell; he's so funny. It's something I need to sit back down and give another chance to, mm-hmm. and really enjoy as an adult without that, other children ruining it for me. That is so funny that you met, you mentioned actually two two great things that I want to touch on really quick. One is um, those bootleg DVDs, uh, of course. Um, maybe if you're listening at other parts of the country or maybe somewhere in another country entirely. Uh, shout out to Australia. We have we had one listener listen to us. Yeah, we check that kind of thing. But um, yeah, and we we live in or Rick, you used to live in New York, New Jersey. I still live in New Jersey, and um, actually there are places in Newark. New Jersey that you could go out to dinner. I remember one time this guy walked around table selling out, um, you know, bootleg DVDs. It was like f- three DVDs for five, but um, yeah. And you know what? The, the quality of a movie and your setting of watching actually could contribute a lot into it. So like Rick, you got robbed of this great movie experience, or at least in my opinion, a great movie. Mm-hmm. Um, I was kind of the same way with the last Jedi. I ended up watching that bootleg as well. And um, it totally soured me on the entire movie. I'm actually went back and rewatched it on Netflix, and I have a little bit of a different opinion. Although so, some of the key things still didn't make sense to me, but um, yeah, definitely the way that you view something matters um, to how you receive it. And another thing I'm going to say is quotes. Um, quoting a movie sometimes can be funny in the right situation, but from a, a social and this here we are on the rated pod. We're going to give you some social tips. Don't do that. It's annoying. You're never going to be as funny as the actual movie. So just shut up. And I'll tell you, a movie that almost got ruined for me was Borat because when Borat came out, oh we were 15, God. and I couldn't get into R-rated movies. And I asked my parents to take me, and they said no because uh, they heard about that naked scene with Azamat, where he like kind of it's like a, the big fat hairy guy like lays on him. And he's like uh, butt naked. So my parents were not okay with that. So I didn't see Borat until I was a man. And just hearing the people quote Borat really turned me off to the movie. So, um, you know, if you're listening to this, Rick, there's still hope for you. Maybe you will like Elf at some point. And also, if you're listening to this, don't quote movies um, unless it's the situation calls for it, which it's it's hard when, <laughs> to discern when that is. But just don't go around um, saying it while you're selling gum like like Rick had mentioned. True story. Uh, people used to do that. But but anyway, Rick, here, here's another one, a very underrated gem. I, I like how, how you mentioned my number one movie is underrated. And that's kind of how I am as a person. I just look for value in, in certain things. Maybe I would say that not that I'm contrarian, but like I'm definitely not not conventional with the public most of the time. And, you know, if you're not Catholic or Christian or even live in America, because I know that in America it's a much bigger holiday than maybe in other places in the world. Um, it, let's just say if you celebrate Hanukkah or another holiday, a great other holiday movie that's not a Christmas movie, Eight Crazy Nights, it's an animated movie from Adam Sandler. Adam Sandler, I, in my opinion, ha- didn't make anything good like beyond Big Daddy, but 
this was a little bit of a gem because it was raunchy and uh you know not to say that i just like everything that's raunchy but it actually had a very nice like under story because adam sandler's character of course it was animated so they got to do a little bit more things and be a little bit more kooky adam sandler's character um was a great like basketball player and a great kid and his parents died in an accident so then he turned into the town drunk and was really obnoxious and the whole movie is like a redemption arc um centered around hanukkah so um very funny movie like like most adam sandler movies are if you do like that then you're gonna like this one he does a lot of the voices for it and it does have an overall heartwarming story that all the christmas movies have and it's centered around hanukkah yeah i totally agree um neither of us are jewish but it's still a good movie to watch even if you're not a jew um Mm -hmm. You know, animated movies in general are, are usually for everyone. But um, mm-hmm. even this one, it's it's uh, such a fun watch. Adam Sandler is great in it, even if he is animated. Um, <laughs> yeah, to- totally agree that it's underrated. G- give it a, give it a watch if you're Jewish, especially even if you're not. Definitely definitely worth viewing. And real mm-hmm. quick, we'll get it out of the way. My number three on my top three. Christmas movies of all time is Year Without a Santa Claus. I can't okay. tell the year. It's it's super old, but it's one of those claymation ones that you'd see on like ABC Family. I think the channel's free form now. Mm-hmm. Um, but but yeah, the the, the characters, the, the heat miser and the snow miser, those two characters. Even if you haven't seen the movie, you might know those characters. They're pretty popular. Oh, definitely. Um, but if, if you want to see something that's older, it's Great for kids, great for families, even if you're great for adults and you just you're like claymation. Um, good musical numbers in it, even t- as well. So mm-hmm. you're without a Santa Claus, number three on my list. Um, that's a must watch in my house every year. Um, it's so funny, Rick. I was going to mention that as my number three as well, but then I uh, switched it to Elf at the last minute because I have been seeing a lot of hot takes coming out about Elf, and um, like you had mentioned, a lot of people in the public are saying that it could be the best. Christmas movie ever, but I love A Year Without a Santa Claus. Rick, um, this is going to be a, a slight little crossover, but uh, the Ice Meister or Ice Miser looks like Dirk Nowitzki, true or false? Absolutely true. Snow Miser, yes. And <laughs> That's it. Oh, wow. <laughs> at, at, no, sorry. No, absolutely true. For those of you who do know Dirk Nowitzki, you know exactly what we're talking about. For those of you who don't know Dirk Nowitzki, Google him right now. Pause the podcast. Google Dirk Nowitzki and he is the snow miser in the mm-hmm. flesh. Yes, absolutely. That's, that's so great. Um, and uh, I'm trying to think of maybe who would be like heat miser. I don't know. Ooh. Maybe like a young, young Danny DeVito. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. He, he, and of course it, it is a claymation movie like Rick had mentioned, but if they ever do live action, Dirk should be the uh, snow miser, not the ice miser. Uh, I don't know why I'm getting my wires crossed here, but yeah, that is a classic movie. Great, great stuff. Yeah. It's awesome. So you mentioned that there were some hot takes coming out about uh, the movie Elf. Um, Not necessarily hot takes, but I know every year that there is a debate about whether or not Die Hard is a Christmas movie. Whether Mm -hmm. you have taken part in this debate, um, we'd love to hear your thoughts on it. Um, But if you haven't taken part in a debate with someone about this, I'm sure you've heard other people debate about it or you've seen it on Twitter or Instagram, um, people are really passionate about this debate about mm-hmm. whether or not Die Hard is a Christmas movie. Now, I just saw Die Hard for the first time a couple of days ago. So it's very fresh in my mind. I 
watched it um, knowing that I would be talking about the debate for this movie on our podcast. So I took extra care in noticing all the details for it being a Christmas movie or not being a Christmas movie. Um, before I get into it, because I got a pretty interesting take on it. Dean, how do you feel about Die Hard Christmas movie or not a Christmas movie? Um, I, I like what, what you said, how you watched it for the first time for the pod. Um, Rick, you know, you did your homework. I really haven't. I've seen a lot of scenes from it, but I haven't seen it in its uh, continuity from beginning to end um, really ever in my life. But from what my um, experience is with it is that, and correct me if I'm wrong, Rick, because you are you know now the expert on it, having just watched it, the movie is centered around a Christmas party, correct? So I would argue that it is a Christmas movie mainly because without it being the holiday, there's no reason for everyone to be in this centralized area. Um, that's kind of my takeaway from it. And that's really all I could offer. I mean, if you are passionate about the debate, uh, don't really hold my take up to um, the light, mainly because I'm not really too passionate about it. It, uh, it is a good movie. Um, all the scenes I've seen have been awesome. And this is definitely one on my list that I'm going to have to go back to. But So I'm officially voting and saying, yes, it is a Christmas movie. Rick, what do you think? Okay. Um, I have two answers. Uh and it's both no, it's not a Christmas movie, and yes, it is a Christmas movie. Give me a Ooh. chance to explain this. So for me personally, in my own eyes, to myself, it is not a Christmas movie. Um, yes, you are right. It takes place at a Christmas party, and that is the reasoning uh, for all these people getting together. Um but aside from that, there is little to no Christmas aspects about the movie. Um, I think they could have mm. had this be a, this, a the same movie if it were a party for someone's retirement or a promotion mm. or okay. uh, a, a business merger. Um, it wasn't necessary. There are no Santa Claus. There is no gift exchange. Um, there's no mm. like Christmas lesson really. Um, I, I do see why people say it is a Christmas movie. Um, yes, mm -hmm. like we said, it's set at a Christmas party. Um, you do see a Christmas tree uh, like a couple times. Um, they do play Christmas <laughs> music during the movie. Um, for the people mm -hmm. who are anti Christmas movie for Die Hard, um, the movie actually came out in July. It oh, okay. was not marketed as a Christmas movie. Um, so hmm. for me personally, I don't, I don't think it is um, because you could have the same movie and it not have anything to do with Christmas. And the proof of that is Skyscraper with Dwayne the Rock, Dwayne the Rock Johnson. That is literally a diehard remake that has nothing to do with <laughs> Christmas. So if you, if you hmm. haven't seen Skyscraper with The Rock, watch it. And it's, it's the modern day diehard with no Christmas. Wow, um, that's a, that's a, some compelling stuff because I thought that like the general consensus was that it was mainly because it was taking place like during the Christmas party. But hey, honestly, that that analysis made a lot of sense to me. Is that if it's not central to the plot, then it's just uh, another detail of the film. And 
you know, honestly, uh, that's something that I'm going to definitely go back and uh, watch because I, I have heard that it is a fantastic movie. So definitely one that's going to add to my watch list. But um, guys, if you feel passionate about this or if you're, you know, screaming at your speaker right now after what Rick said, definitely let us know on Twitter at RatedPod. Um, we're happy to chat with any of you guys. We had a couple good uh, tweets back and forth with some people about the Irishman, some feedback to our second episode. But yeah, Rick, that, that makes a ton of sense to me. Uh, like I said, I'm not really too... Um, emotionally invested in this one way or another but from my understanding i thought that a lot of people fell on the side that it was so i like hearing your um you know kind of counter to that well you, you are right because a lot of people do feel it is so that's why i kind of had this two-pronged answer um mm-hmm. that it isn't a christmas movie and that it is because while to me it isn't personally a christmas movie i think you do kind of have to say that it is strictly because of the fact that so many people feel that it is, you know, the fact mm-hmm. I think that there is even a debate that it is um, makes it a Christmas movie. And I think um, each year that the die hard is a Christmas movie, um, you know, debate is going to pick up more steam for the Christmas side. I think as each year goes by, it's going to become more and more ingrained in the, the Christmas movie dialogue. Mm-hmm. Um, so I, I think it's a movie that for each and every person, it is whatever you want it to be. It's not something I'm going to be watching any, any time during Christmas while it is, a, it's a fantastic movie people, if you haven't seen it. Um, but, uh, not a Christmas movie for me, but I, I would be totally fine if people were like, it's a Christmas movie because so many people already feel that it is. Okay. Yeah. Awesome. Um, yeah. And that is definitely something that. You know, like, once again, you may be yelling at your speaker that I've never seen it from beginning to end, and that's honestly on me. But, uh, Rick, I, I think we got to go and go ahead and give a little bit of reviews for the people. Uh, two Netflix um, Christmas movies that have been on. Rick, do you want to start off with The Christmas Chronicles? I personally didn't even watch it. It looked bad. So, uh, Rick, wh- am I right? Was it bad, or did you find any joy out of it? Okay, so, again, this is... It's, I'm going to be coming from two perspectives on this. So, um, for me personally, I didn't. I didn't really want to watch this movie. I didn't um, think it seemed like it was good. I kind of watched it for the sake of the podcast. Um, mm-hmm. And my feelings about it beforehand were true. It, for me personally, it was it was crap. It really was garbage. <laughs> it was, it's just it's mm-hmm. it's just booty cheeks all around, but like bad like flabby cottage cheese booty cheeks all around. Um, I, I, what I will say is Kurt Russell, who plays Santa Claus, he actually does a really good job. He's really cool. Um, his version of Santa Claus is more modern and I guess, I guess you could say hip in a way. I, I mean, he's not necessarily hip, but for lack of a better term, I'm going to call him hip. Um, he's just more modern and more relatable down to earth. He's not the classic um, huge belly, glasses, massive white beard, ho, ho, ho type of stereotypical Santa Claus. Um, he's more just like, you know, like your friend's cool dad. Um, mm-hmm. so, that, so that's cool for, for him. Uh, the rest of the movie is, is dog dookie, man. I'm telling you, like the kids <laughs> are, they're, they're really annoying. Um, this is going to sound bad, guys. So like just bear with me on this. Their, their father is deceased 
in the movie. And mm-hmm. I think something like that can be very emotional and touching, you know, missing a loved one on Christmas or any time of the year for that matter. But the mentions of their deceased father are, are so much. And it's just it's all throughout the movie. It, it's annoying and it's almost hard to feel bad for anymore. It's like, it's kids, <laughs> stop. Um, mm-hmm. So if, if you're a teen and older, don't walk, run away from this movie. But I, what I will say though, is if you're a kid and for families, this is probably, this is, this is probably a pretty good movie to watch. It's on Netflix. So it's at no extra cost. Um, it is, it's fun for like younger kids and families. So while I personally did not like it at all, um, I do see the appeal. Um, we're here to give you reviews and give shows ratings. So Christmas Chronicles, scale of one to 10, I'm going to give it a three. Oh, wow. Okay. Um, that sounds, that sounds horrible. And, um, yeah, you know, I, I, I was just kind of reading up some stuff about it. It did actually get good reviews on Rotten Tomatoes. And I think it's because, um, you know, Christmas movies and songs for that matter, they're not really made in bulk anymore. There's not a lot of money to be had in that industry. Um, unless you work for Hallmark. Um, of course, if you're in a Hallmark movie, it's the same plot, just, you know, add and remove different actors and actresses. But, uh, this one, uh, I think that the benefit of it was there, it was saying that it was like a fresh take on some things, but, um, you know, not, not for you. It doesn't sound like it would be for me either, but Rick, there, there is a second, um, or, or before we move on, is there anything else you want to wrap up on the Christmas Chronicles or never talk about it again? Uh, I mean, it's like, I pretty much summed it up. Not horrible. It's, it's good for families. Like if I had kids, uh, I, this is a movie I would show them, you know, I mean, I wouldn't Mm -hmm. be watching it for my own enjoyment, but I think, uh, kids like maybe 12 and under would really enjoy Mm -hmm. this. You know, um, the elves are kind of cute in a way, like they're different. (laughs) They're, they're not like, they're not like human midgets. Like you see in like a lot of movies. Yeah. They're more like, um, you know that movie Trolls? Yes. They're um yeah, they're 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 more like a, a variation of like trolls and they don't speak mm. English, they kind of speak uh I don't know, some sort of Nordic language and it, yeah. yeah, and it's 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 cute and I I can see the appeal for kids, but uh, if you're a teen and up, nah man, don't bother. Mm-hmm. Well, all right. So I am, I fall on that demographic, so I probably will uh, pass on this one. But here's one I didn't end up passing on. Um, it's a movie on Netflix called Klaus. And it, uh, when I saw it on the rundown sheet, I was like, hey, I better go check this out. And I'm, I'm really glad that I did. It was actually a very charming movie, I would say. Um, easy watch, only an hour and 30-ish minutes. Um, basically what it was, there was a lazy uh, kid well, I guess guy, maybe like early 20s guy who um, his father was high up uh, in, I guess, what the some kind of a I, I, I was in and out during the beginning. But don't worry, uh, I did watch the movie. But um, he basically had had a very good life where um, he had servants and 
nothing he ever did uh, worked out for him. So his father sends him to a very far away place that is kind of war torn. And of course it's an animated movie. So, um, you know, the acting, and that's one benefit of, of animated movies is you don't have to, you could animate in great reactions and the acting performance of it typically um, is it's easier to direct than it, than it would be with real people where you need like a one performances from. So yeah, um, basically what the, the gist of the movie is that this, the father sends this guy away to be a postman, um, you know, delivering letters and and such to this really far away place that is kind of wrapped in a Romeo and Juliet type thing where these two clans hate each other. And um, so this whole narrative, uh, you may be thinking, what does this have to do with Christmas? Well, there is also a guy named Klaus. Um, I'm sure you could uh, I'm sure you could hear who that ends up being. But um, it was a very fresh take on a Christmas movie because you know, no, not once in the movie do they call him Santa. Um, there was, it, it was really cool because there was, it was such a weird, horrible area that the little kids kind of were miserable all the time. And then it turns out that this guy Klaus is a toy maker and um, starts dropping off presents to the kids or toys rather to the little kids. And um, it's a way for the post person to um, get his delivery numbers up. So it was a very good movie and it was a, um, you know, you go into it and you know it's a Christmas movie, but you also don't know how they're going to get from beginning to end. And the framing narrative of it with this whole, you know, delivering letters, delivering toys, it was uh, very, very good and very different. So, um, Klaus, I actually, I'm going to give it a high rating. But, Rick, what did you think of it? Um, I love this. I love this. I think it was great. Um, I think this is worthy of being an immediate Christmas classic. Mm-hmm. Um I know me personally, uh, maybe not a maybe not a lot of other people, but I can kind of get pretty tired of watching a lot of the same Christmas movies year in and year out. Mm-hmm. You know, um, not that they're bad, but the more you see not just Christmas movies, anything, I feel like the enjoyment wears out a little bit. You know, you know what's coming, and you're the more you see a movie, the less you enjoy it. I think the more you eat the same food, the less you enjoy it. Um, yeah. This is exactly what I needed came at a perfect time. And like you were saying, it's, it's really interesting too, because what this is, is actually, it's an origin story. Mm-hmm. Uh, this is a great take on um, the origin of why letters are sent to Santa, mm-hmm. um, how the tradition of gift giving came about um, how coal and stockings came about, why Santa rides a sleigh, why he has reindeer, um, things like that. They have mm-hmm. a great twist on on how all these Christmas traditions came about. It comes together great. It is beautifully animated. Um, it's yes, yeah. like you said, he's sent away to be the postman for a, an island in like the far north. It's basically in the North Pole. They don't call it that. Um, mm-hmm. And uh, it's, it starts off, it's very gloomy, it's very depressing. And, you know, as with any Christmas movie, it kind of shows you how the spirit of Christmas and coming together and uh, doing for one another and, you know, love and joy can really turn things around for people, families, a community. And it's, it actually, it gets pretty uh, emotional there for a moment or two at the end. Mm-hmm. Um, but it is, it's great for kids. It is great even for adults. It's great for people of all ages. 
Um, so everybody comes here for the rating though. Dean, I don't know about you. I'm mm-hmm. going to give this 8.5. Okay. I was going to go ahead and give it a uh, 9 out of 10. It was a definite, like you were saying, I could totally see this being the new Christmas classic, mainly because it is so fresh and um, such an interesting take on the uh, Santa origin story. I liked how, um, and of course we don't want to give spoilers on the show, but I liked how, um, you know, at one point they were driving the sleigh, which was pulled by reindeer on the ground and they ended up um, hitting like a ramp kind of thing. They went soaring over a house and one kid looked out the window and saw flying reindeer. And then that kind of gave some, um, you know, background to why that why people say that so that that was actually pretty cool there was a lot of subtle there's a lot of subtle nods and i i kind of appreciated that and yeah rick like like you said um i recommend it for all ages and actually looking online um rotten tomatoes got a 93 audience score 99 percent. so a lot of people are saying this is this is damn near perfect um you know it's december 23rd at time of recording if you want to cozy up with some but either your family or loved ones or your dogs or anything like that, uh, throw on class. You won't be disappointed. Absolutely. Absolutely. Uh, easily my, my favorite Christmas movie to come out in, in quite a while. Um, mm-hmm. Dean, I know you, um, were half paying attention to another Christmas <laughs> movie recently. I know this, yes. this isn't going to, this isn't going to be a full review. I don't imagine, but, uh, it had former, uh, I think high school musical star Vanessa Hudgens in it. I'd, I'd love to hear about yes. it. Uh, yeah, so it was actually called Princess Switch. Um, I could see the downstairs TV from my room, so um, I secondhand watch a lot of different things. And this was one that um, it was basically a very classic um, Prince and the Pauper story where it was hey you look like me and i'm a i'm royalty and oh you i'm just like a regular ass person and they switch spots and then of course um in the end and i don't think this is a spoiler if you've ever read prince and the pauper um it ends exactly like that where they decide to end up switching lives um i believe prince and the pauper ended up having more of a dark connotation where the guy couldn't switch back or didn't want to switch back and um the royal person got stuck you know, in the mud pretty much, but no, but all parties involved ended up, um, wanting to switch and it was actually not a total waste of time. Um, you know, decent acting. Um, of course we, we know Vanessa Hudgens from uh, high school musical and stuff and yeah, certainly didn't mind looking at her for an hour and a half. So it, not a bad movie. Um, it was very much a Hallmark movie, even though it was not on Hallmark channel. And actually there was another one that I believe that she, she might've signed like a Christmas movie, contract with netflix because there's another one that she's in that's a another christmas movie for it, but i didn't see that one but yeah i just want to give you a, a really quick one you know in the spirit of the holiday it was on and you know like a goldfish i was kind of just attracted to the light and stared at it for an hour and i was like all right whatever that it was okay honestly if i had to give it a, a rating out of 10 i'd give it give it a four and a half or a five um you know unless you if you hate hallmark christmas movies don't watch it because it's kind of like that where it's, you know, one person's a curmudgeon, the other person isn't. And then um, the spirit of Christmas kind of takes over. If you don't like that very formula, formulaic way of, of like watching things, then definitely you might want to miss this one. But if you, if you don't mind it, um, you know, check it out. All right. I, I mean, I'm, I'm not in a Hallmark Christmas movies, but if you are, yeah, I, I think it's probably sounds like it's pretty good. Um, mm-hmm. But uh, with Christmas time, uh, it's not all about Christmas movies or Christmas shows or, or anything you can just look at and view. There's also Christmas songs, guys. Christmas songs mm-hmm. are a huge 
part of Christmas time. Um, I know a lot of people have a problem with when stores and other places start playing Christmas music. Dean, in your eyes, when is mm-hmm. the appropriate time to start playing Christmas music? Ooh, so I may be um, in the minority here, but for me personally, I don't want to hear it unless I am doing something Christmas related, which is literally on my way to my grandma's house on Christmas Eve. That's when I will accept hearing Christmas music. Anytime beforehand, I don't really like it. I must say, though, if you are at the mall, I know a lot of people kind of hate the materialism of like the holiday time. But, um, you know, being in the mall, there's just something about like having like the big tree and like hearing the songs and stuff. So I'll accept it. But as far as like in my personal time sitting around hanging out in the middle of December, uh, you won't catch me putting on some Christmas music. I reserve it solely for um, the day of, you know, the actual holiday. So um, that's when I prefer hearing it. Rick, are you a before Thanksgiving guy for Christmas? Because I was seeing the reactions on the simulcast. What, What do you think about this? (laughs) <laughs> oh no 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 you're a mean one mr grinch oh, <laughs> dean you're killing me bud <laughs> oh man no 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 you know what christmas music and i the official start time of christmas music and christmas season for that matter is black friday dude yep. <laughs> once <laughs> once freaking stroke of midnight hits on black friday and people are out at like one or two a.m trampling mm-hmm. crowds at best buy and walmart man blare the christmas music rally <laughs> the troops find the deals jingle all the freaking way because that, that's when the christmas music starts um you know I, I i i think that's the perfect time to start it now don't get me wrong mm-hmm. i'm not like playing it like in the car all the time or like putting it on my Spotify. Like, right. I, I, I'm not like playing it at all times. Um, you know, but like if it's in a store, yeah, go for it, man. Like if I'm in the car with someone else who wants to listen to Christmas music, go for it, man. Um, yep. it's not something that I personally go out of my way and put on. Um, but black Friday on man, go it's for it on Christmas. Yeah. Uh, I, I think maybe even like the day after Christmas, honestly, if you want to put it on, I think 27th though, we're pushing it, mm. <laughs> you know, okay. I know people like <laughs> they have a little bit of Christmas hangover. So if you want to bring that Christmas music into the 26th, go for it. Uh, 27th mm. man. Nah, but Dean, I know you're, <laughs> I know, I know you said you're not a big uh, Christmas, Christmas song listener. Mm-hmm. Um, but do you have a personal favorite? Do you have one that you're like, you know what? I don't really, not really much for Christmas music, but when this song comes on, yes, please. It, it hits me. Uh, yeah. Yeah. You know, it's funny because like, I, I think it maybe let, let me revise my take a little bit. It's not so much that I'm not a fan. It's that I feel like it's so reserved for a, a certain time or action in my life. And because I do tie it to, you know, being with my family at, at someone's house, at a loved one's house. Um, you know, really, whatever playlist they play with all the Christmas songs, that is collectively my favorite Christmas song, hearing all of them. Um, I honestly can't remember hearing an actual Christmas song and going like, wow, this is stupid. Uh, the only thing that I probably will say that I could do without um, is Dominic the Donkey. 
not a fan of the song. It's actually kind of annoying, um, mainly because I've heard it so much in my life. I'm seeing a, a huge reaction out of this. Uh, it, to me, it's kind of shitty. So um, everything else is uh, very good. But I think specifically, I'm going to go ahead because you asked what, what my favorite is. I'm going to go ahead. I won't give you an actual song. I'll give you an artist. Anything. I, I believe Michael Buble has a Christmas album. Excellent. Very silky smooth. And no Dominic the Donkey. Rick, are, are you a big Dominic the Donkey fan after that reaction? A Yes, man, I'm all about Dominic the Donkey. Like it's ridiculous. It's corny. Honestly, it is annoying. It's it's all those things you said, and I still freaking love it. Honestly, yeah. That's one of those like I don't like I don't like bump up the volume on a lot of Christmas songs. But Dominic mm-hmm. the Donkey Man is one I'll put up a notch or two. And, oh and man! Tell you, my family freaking hates it. Everyone I know hates it. I'm probably like the lone guy on this. So, <laughs> you know, I'll stand on Dominic the Donkey Island waving the flag. <laughs> yeah, I'm I'm all about it. Um, but Michael Bublé, I agree with you. Yeah, what a silky smooth voice that guy has, dude. Yep. Yeah, we. I mean, we got the 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 Christmas albums here and they, they get popped into some CD player, wherever we could find it. Yeah. We, we listen mm-hmm. to that. Um, I'm pretty like anti Mariah Carey. There's no, yeah. no, all I want for Christmas is you as uh, like, if I never heard it again, I'd be a much happier yeah. guy. But um, it, it is very overplayed. I, I will say that is like everyone's go-to. So um, yeah, I think just to, to fade that trend, I, I, I tend to agree with you there. But um, yeah, it's it's funny. I didn't realize I would break your heart with the Dominic the Donkey. Um, so so Rick, what what, what is that your favorite song? Would that no, be your favorite Christmas song? It's 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 up on that list because it's fun, you know, and it's, it gets me yeah. excited. No, my favorite though is "Wonderful Christmas Time" by Paul McCartney. Actually, yes. I think it's, it's excellent catchy. song. It's catchy. It's easy listening. It's easy to sing to. Um, mm-hmm. Every time it comes on, I'm instantly in a better mood. That's for me. That's my favorite. Yep. Yeah, that's that's a good one. And that's on the list of, um, you know, collectively, all of the Christmas music that is played, like, in my presence. I, I always sit around and tap my toe and, like, all right, yeah, this is this is great. So, yeah, that's definitely a great one. Um, so, you know, however you celebrate the holidays, definitely have a happy one. And um, even if you don't do anything, you know, go to the movies, get Chinese food, do whatever you got to do. Uh, during these next few days, but just, you know, the, the world's a little, everyone's a little bit nicer this time of year because everyone has something to celebrate. But uh, Rick, you know, um, we are coming up at the end of the year too, end of the decade as well. Mm-hmm. Um, so I'm actually going to, I'm going to go a little bit off script. I'm going to ask you a shout out of a cannon, Rick. What was your favorite movie that you've seen in 2019? And maybe what was the worst movie you've seen in 2019? You give me an either or. I'm actually going to start you off. Best movie that I've seen this calendar year. Um, like I had mentioned on other episodes, I don't go to the movies very often. Um, but the Avengers Endgame was a movie event that I had to get tickets to. I didn't want to miss that because, you know, I have a cell phone. So I, it could get spoiled very easily. That was my favorite movie that I've seen in 2019. It wasn't. It, it's not so much to the fact that, like, I thought the movie was excellent. I thought the movie was pretty good. It it was a good um, end of an era type of thing. Uh, the movie didn't disappoint me. And of course, like, man, I got that movie theater popcorn, a large Coke. It, it, made, it made me really happy. So that was probably my favorite uh, movie theater experience of the year. Uh, Rick, at, 
off the cuff, do you have a favorite movie that you've seen in 2019? Or is this one that you maybe kind of want to stew on a little bit and tweet it out to the people? Yeah, I think I'm going to need some time to, to stew on it and tweet it out to the people. Because mm-hmm. honestly, like I said, I had the movie pass. So the amount mm-hmm. of movies I've seen, man, I don't want to, I don't want to like disrespect any movies that I've seen that are well worth me saying it. Um, so I'll definitely tweet it out. I'll let everybody know, but I am with you though. Um, Avengers Endgame was maybe, maybe it wasn't like the best, um, critically or cinematically or whatever. I don't know. I mean, mm-hmm. although I did love it, um, but it was, it was just so fun to go to. It's so cool. Cause like with movies like that, uh, especially like the Avengers movies and even the Star mm-hmm. Wars, which we're actually going to touch on in a little bit. Um, yep. Those movies, you feel like you're a part of something when you, um, yeah, when you watch. Yeah, and I do remember too being um, so so young. I, I want to say like Iron Man came out what in 2007 or 2008. So we were in high school when the Marvel Cinematic Universe kind of kicked off, and then to see the uh, the conclusion of all that happen um, while you know, sitting in the movie theater. I thought it was awesome because, you know, like it, love it. I I mean, I personally didn't love all the Marvel movies that came out. I thought every single Thor movie was crap. So to see um, the entire Marvel Cinematic Universe kind of come to this conclusion was uh, really great to experience. And definitely one in 2019 that uh, I was looking forward to all along. And it was definitely, it certainly didn't disappoint. So I think we're we're now on to the uh, next portion of our podcast where we're going to kind of look ahead to what's coming up in the, in 2020 and the new decade. So uh, Rick, what are you looking forward to most out of this upcoming year? Um, Yeah. What do you got for us? There are two movies and one show that I am really looking forward to in this upcoming year. Um, The first one, it doesn't necessarily come out in 2020. I actually think it comes out on Christmas day. But I mm. am so excited and looking forward to seeing Uncut Gems with Adam Sandler. Yep. Um, it, it seems like it's a high-octane, pedal-to-the-metal, adrenaline rush for the whole movie. Um, I'm a big Adam Sandler fan, and one of the things that I'm really excited about, too, is seeing him in a serious role. Because I know a lot of people who are Adam Sandler haters – and say mm-hmm. he's an absolute crap actor. And, you know, he's plays stupid characters in all his movies. And <laughs> while he does play stupid, like ridiculous characters in all of his movies, like I think a lot of the times he does that because that's what works for him. He makes a lot of money off of it. It's his career. It's his livelihood. But I mm-hmm. really think, I really think that this is a movie and I'm hearing great things that, he has this opportunity to show people that, hey, he's not just a, a clown. Like, I'm a good actor. I can do it, and I'm going to show you. And I, while I haven't seen it yet, like, I'm really hoping he wins this Oscar for Best Actor. Like, I'm pulling for him so hard. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that that's definitely one that made my list as well. That that looked really, really cool. Um, yeah, I'm, I'm really excited about that as well. Um, another movie that I am excited for is the new James Bond movie. Okay. Um, I'm not sure what it's called, um, but I've seen the trailer. It looks so good. I'm a huge fan of all the James Bond movies. Um, it is actually uh, No Time to Die. Uh, yeah, and okay. that comes out 
April 8th, 2020. Cannot wait. I'm a, a huge, huge James Bond fan. Um, I actually think Daniel Craig is the best James Bond of all time. I know people, mm. when he when he did his Casino Royale, were making fun of him and calling him James Blonde. I think the dude's a freaking <laughs> stud and he's got the best movies. Mm-hmm. Um, so I'm really looking forward to that one as well. Yeah, that's going to be fun. And, um, you know, there's just something right about the world that there always needs to be a new James Bond movie kind of in um, production and stuff. Rick, uh, I think the the one show that I am really excited about, um, you know, I'm not really too up on the movies so much, but um, I just finished up watching The Boys on Amazon. Very good movie. I think it has a or not movie, a very good show. I think it has a potential to be like the new Game of Thrones where it's uh, must see. Everyone's talking about it. So um, season two, I believe, has been announced and they're filming it right now. So I am very excited for that to come out. I'm not sure if it is going to come out in 2020, but I heard it is rumored that it might come out in the fall of 2020. So that's definitely something to keep an eye on. Um, for the upcoming year. And as far as movies go, uh, we'll update you weekly and maybe even bi-weekly because we've been discussing doing a two episode format a week. So um, that that's what we're looking forward to. And of course on Twitter, you could always tell us what you are looking forward to as well. Yeah. Dean, it's actually so funny. <laughs> you brought up that you're looking for looking forward to season two of the boys. I actually real late last night, I threw on the first episode because I heard great things. Mm. We just, we talked about the boys briefly, but we, we hadn't really gone in depth about it. Um, I was hooked after the first episode and I watched four more after that. I haven't finished the first season, but so far I love it. So I'm, I'm obviously looking forward to uh, season two, but I'm looking forward really to just finishing this first season. (laughs) I might finish it tonight. Yeah, I think yeah, I think you're really gonna like it. Know, knowing you know your tastes and stuff, I think you're gonna love it. And like I, like I was saying, this has the the chance to become really mainstream, uh, popular, and really kind of get Amazon Prime movie on, movies onto um, the same level as Netflix. I know a lot of I know most people have Netflix, and not a lot of people, unless you are an Amazon Prime like buyer and you buy a lot of things. Uh, not a lot of people have the streaming service so much. So I uh, I look for this one to kind of put it on the map. Yeah, I, yeah, I, I agree. I think this is one that is is got awesome reviews from everyone. I hear progressively more and more people talking about it. I think after this first season has ended, and now they're coming out with a second one, it's picking up more steam and more popularity. Mm-hmm. So yeah, this is one that uh, I haven't finished the first season, guys. And um, once I do, I think me and Dean are going to do a, a full combined review on it. But right now, this looks like a must watch. So I'm all about it. And also. February, hey, wouldn't be the rated podcast that I didn't mention Altered Carbon Season 2, man. I'm yep. excited about that, too. Um, but while we're excited for those movies and TV shows to come out, um, mm-hmm. Eden did mention that, you know, come the new year, we're going to try our best to do two episodes a week, one more uh, serious review-type episode where we go a deep dive into one or two shows or movies and another one where it's more just like a roundtable discussion of a variety of topics. But some of the things that, Dean, you and I are going to have uh, in upcoming episodes of the of the podcast, I know, is the show Daybreak, The Witcher, The Boys, like we just mentioned, The End of the Fucking World. Uh, we, ha- we have other ones, too. Uh, Lost in Space, Season 2. Mm-hmm. I don't know if it just, just came out or is coming out. Um, so we have a couple things that are that are we're really going to – talk about uh come the new year um something that we want to talk about you and i right now 
um, is both uh, Star Wars and The Mandalorian. Uh, we'll mm-hmm. probably do a more deep dive on Star Wars maybe in another episode. Um, but yep. Dean, did you see the new Star Wars? Um, and if so, what did you think? And if not, I'll give you a brief opinion of what I had to say because I do have a lot to say about it. Okay. Um, I actually did not have the time to go uh, to the movies and see it, but I did see that it it basically wasn't liked by anyone. Uh, that's kind of the general consensus that I'm getting. And um, I actually did hear, and this may be a little bit positive, I actually heard that the new movie came out actually kind of redeemed a little bit about The Last Jedi. Um, they said actually like, hey, you know, if you hated The Last Jedi, this movie came out and kind of like made that movie right. So I'm curious to see what your reaction to that, to that is. Um, or maybe it was just some random take from someone that, um, maybe doesn't really know what they're talking about. But um, as I had mentioned earlier, I did rewatch The Last Jedi, and it made a little bit more sense, although there are still some huge gaps that I didn't explain, um, like the fact that Leia flew through space without breathing and was okay somehow. I still don't get it. And they never once um, you know, do anything to explain it. So, Rick, uh, did they answer all the questions? Was it really cool? And um, you know, don't tell me if I'm right with my prediction, but I really hope I am right. And you know what? I'm, I'm actually setting myself up for not liking the movie because if, if what I said doesn't happen, I'm going to be really, really sad. So, Rick, what, what did you think of it? Um, you, you saw it, of course. So um, give, give me a little taste. Well, I, I could spend an entire episode talking about the movie, but we're going to be coming to a close on this episode. So I could save a lot of what I have to say for next week mm-hmm. or the week after or something. We're going to get more into it. But real quick, um, I was disappointed, man. Uh, I'm, I, You know me. I'm a huge Star Wars fan. Guys, like mm-hmm. I, I'm, I'm a grown man, mid to late 20s. I have like a star wars like hot wheels collection i have like mm-hmm. star wars bank collection like some of the things uh, i i mean if we ever do a simulcast to see actually the room i'm sitting in is yeah. it's got a, a ton of star wars stuff so awesome um at the same time i'm not one of those people who um went like you know batshit crazy and was like trashing the new movies saying mm-hmm. they're absolute garbage horrible you know i while I didn't like them, I, for me, it was kind of cool just to see Star Wars movies. You know, mm. I kind of got more excited just to like at the sight of like Chewbacca lightsabers and Tie Fighters than I did for like the actual story. Mm-hmm. Um, so I talked to a couple of our our friends that saw it before I did. They are also big Star Wars fans. Neither of them liked it, so that lowered my already low expectations. And even after that, I was still disappointed. Um, it's obviously like Star Wars is so such a huge part of American and even the world culture at this point that you, I think you have to see it. It's like a requirement. Um, but for me personally, the big problem was not just this movie specifically, but with the new ones in general, I just didn't care about the new characters. If like Finn... Mm-hmm. Ray Poe jumped off a cliff head first and died in this past movie. <laughs> I wouldn't have shed a tear. Like I wouldn't have been happy or sad about it. it would, I just like would have shrugged my shoulders. So mm-hmm. um, we'll do, we're going to do a deep dive. I'm not going to spoil whether Dean was right in his prediction or not. Um, go see it, but keep those expectations low. 
Yeah, I, I was just going to say, I mean, I have a feeling that this is going to kind of crush me and break my heart. Um, but yeah, you know, like, Rick, like you said, it's, it's such a part of um, the zeitgeist that it is definitely something that I will see eventually. I do know the last when The Last Jedi came out, I heard it was horrible. Actually, one of my friends or one of our shared friends is a huge Star Wars fan, and he said it was the worst movie he's ever seen. Um, I watched it. I thought it was a little bit. I thought it was a little bit bad, but uh, I don't know about that. And actually, in rewatching it, it was a little bit better than I remembered because I had such a low opinion of it. But Rick, actually, um, you you know, we always talk about the Mandalorian on this podcast, so um, it's definitely something that that I wanted to bring up is that you know I, they seem to hit a home run whenever they do a side story like um, Rogue One and Mandalorian and things like that. So um, you know, and of course, I, I never like we always say we're, we're laymen and we're not like these movie critics, but you know, I am very critical of maybe it's George Lucas. Uh, you know, he built like this great world, but he's not using the pieces correctly um, because all these little side shows and movies are fantastic, but um, the main ones are kind of terrible unobjectively. So Rick, what do you think about that? Do you like um, the side movie? Like what would you pick the, the side stuff or the main stories? Um, I'm, I'm all about the, the side stuff right now. Um, even as a huge Star Wars fan, I hate to say this, and I think a lot of Star Wars fans would agree, even though they don't like it. I think there's actually more bad Star Wars movies than good ones. And Mm -hmm. that's, that's a tough pill to swallow, but I think that's just fact. Um, uh, I think Star Wars fans are still holding on tight to episodes four five and six, um, cause those are special. They're like, you know, to Star Wars fans, they're like the Holy Grails of the movies. Yeah. Um, so, but you know, episodes one through three were trash and, uh, seven, eight and nine, uh, people aren't a fan of, and they're getting trashed as well. Um, but Rogue One, I loved, and mm-hmm. a show that you and I both love is Mandalorian and Dean, um, have you seen the latest episode? Because in a previous episode, I talked about how while mm-hmm. I loved the show and it was a huge fan, I was getting nervous about where that A story was going. Mm-hmm. And in this latest episode, it was all about the A story. I, all freaking, right. I freaking loved it. And it was the best episode of the series so far. Have you seen wow. the episode and what are you thinking? No, I actually haven't seen the the newest episode. Um, Actually, uh, me and my girlfriend, Lexi, binged, I think, episodes like three through six last time we hung out because she wanted to hang out with Baby Yoda. Um, And I actually think episode six was fantastic. That was really cool where they they sneak on to um, break out a prisoner. There was a lot of twists and turns. And actually, it was uh, very suspenseful, which I wasn't expecting. Very well done. But um, no, Rick, I haven't seen the new one, but I, as soon as we hang up, I'm definitely going to call up my girlfriend and say, hey, we need to watch the, the latest one coming out because that was I shared that same feeling as you. They were just doing um, some side things. And Rick, a uh, little bit of a crossover. And like I was saying that, you know, I don't really know actors and actresses names. I just mentioned what they were from. Do you know who actually plays the Mandalorian? Um, very cool. It's uh, the guy who played the Viper in Game of Thrones. Pedro Pascal, he was also in Narcos. So um, if Mando ever does take his helmet off, it's going to be a familiar face, which I'm actually pretty excited about. And there's always, they're setting that up as something to tease. So um, yeah, I'm really excited for the, to continue to watch Mandalorian and uh, to kind of see where this goes. Yeah, absolutely. Dude, I'm telling you, 
you and all the listeners watch that next episode as soon as you can. If you haven't watched any of the series, watch the series as soon as you can. Dean, I'm with you. Uh, before this last episode came out, that uh, that previous episode where they were on that uh, prison base was my favorite episode. I said that in a previous episode of, that we recorded. And this past episode was even better. It was all mm. about the ace story, which I, which I was in love in love with. Um, I don't want to. I don't think it's a spoiler, so but I'm not going to reveal it anyway. There is a character that gets introduced in the Mandalorian who mm. was in Breaking Bad. So any Breaking oh, Bad right. fans out there, there is a, a villain that's going to play a prominent role. Um, mm. So guys, if you're if you're a Mandalorian watcher, watch that new one if you haven't. If you have, tell us <laughs> tell us what you're thinking about where you think the show's going to go. Um, if you don't watch the Mandalorian, get on it right now. Um, but while we're, talk, while we're talking about uh, Star Wars, and we're getting ready to actually close this episode up, guys. So mm-hmm. we try to, like every week, we're going to leave you with a parting question. And we mentioned like side stories, uh, Dean, with uh, Star Wars. Mm-hmm. Um, now that the Rise of Skywalker has come out and put an end to that main Star Wars storyline, the, the Skywalker saga. Um, do you want any more Star Wars side stories to come out uh, for movies? Like, you know, Solo was a was a side story. Um, Rogue One kind of was part of the the mm-hmm. main the main storyline, but it was also kind of like a side story as well. Mandalorian, while it's a show, is a side story. So do you want to see more side stories come out as Star Wars movies, or are you kind of just, you're you're done with it? I I, I really think that, um, yeah, I think the best way to kind of continue, because as we know, Disney now owns Star Wars. I think the easiest way to continue to print money um, with this franchise is to make um, kind of, maybe not go further into the future or into the past for into the, from the main story from episode one through now, what was it? 12 or nine, Uh, excuse me, nine. So um, rather than going through one through nine, there's a lot of uh, ground to cover. Like you could set it between episodes one and two, or you could set it between episodes two and three and kind of have concurrent storylines with callbacks to movies because that's the best way to get people to kind of go back and rewatch some of those movies. Um, and if they're well done, that could be very effective, but yeah, I definitely think that the best way to do it is to, um, you know, kind of go forward with some, you know, side stories and go deeper into the characters. Cause like we've always been saying is they, they built such a immersive world that I think is very underutilized, especially from the main saga. It's, um, the main saga actually seems like a lazy attempt to utilize some of the things actually rewatching, um, uh, the last Jedi rather, there's really only two settings. They're on, you know, they're the space fleet in space and then they land on a planet. That's really it. Like there's so many things that could happen and so much traveling, which I think that, you know, that story is a, a snapshot in time. Whereas the Mandalorian, you know, you have more freedom to kind of go exploring throughout the galaxy and you can get some of those callbacks. So I think that's the most effective way to build a stronger audience is to kind of have these side stories. But, you know, we want to hear you and um, we want to hear from our fans and see what, what they think about yeah. this as well. So get in touch with us. And, and Rick, we want to hear what you think as well. Yeah, yeah, I, I'm all about it, man. Like I said, I'm I'm a huge fan of Star Wars movies. Um, even after the duds of the the last three uh, installments in the saga, I'm 
still no less excited to see any more Star Wars movies than I had been before. I, I don't want them to extend on the Skywalker saga. I want that to just be done with, um, mm-hmm. leave it where it's at. Um, but I would love to see see other side stories, whether it be movies or shows. Um, yeah, ex- expand expand on the universe, expand on the world. That because that's the best part of Star Wars is the, is the characters and the world that they live in. So give give me some more of that. Um, so guys, tell us if you would like to see more side stories and for movies and TV shows in the Star Wars world. And if you would. Um, what would you like him to be about? Would you like it to be, uh, say, an Obi-Wan Kenobi origin story or an origin mm-hmm. story for another character or uh, a new character altogether? So Dean and I, were going to talk a little bit more about what we would like to see maybe for specific characters going forward in the start of our mm-hmm. next episode. Um, but hit us up at Rated Pod on Twitter. Tell us what you think. Tell us how you feel about everything that we talked about, the Christmas movies, songs, uh, things that you are looking forward to. Tell us what you're looking forward to. Mandalorian, Star Wars, all that stuff. Um, Dean, we're wrapping up, man. You got anything you need to say? Yep. Uh, just just a reminder, um, you know, Merry Christmas to all of our listeners. Um, happy holidays to everyone. And even if you aren't celebrating some things, I mean, you could hear us break down some uh, movies and, you know, we give you a lot of Star Wars chats at the at the end here. And, um, yeah, we look forward to continue to produce um, these episodes. And Rick, you know, very Merry Christmas to you and your family as well. And um, man, I'm excited for the new year and a new decade of things to, uh, we're really going to maybe see like what, what's the next new show, you know, where's the next game of Thrones going to come from. So it's a, it's exciting time to be around and to be a a media consumer. And um, you know, it's exciting for you too, listener, because you're going to have, you know, the, the people break it down for you, which is us. So um, by listening to this, you already have a leg up on everyone else. Yeah, man, I can't wait. I'm so excited, dude. 2020 it's going to be a great year for entertainment movies and shows i'm so excited to see what new things come out uh we're going to be all in it together so join us in the conversation we want to know what you have to say um yeah please interact with us on twitter we're going to be here for all of it it's going to be super fun we're in it together like i said um and like dean said merry christmas again guys happy holidays be safe enjoy your time with your family and your loved ones have a good time Uh, If we don't have another episode before the new year, happy new year. Stay safe. We love you guys. We appreciate you listening. Can't wait to have another episode. Hang with your bros. Love your hoes. And as always, guys, watch those shows. Peace.